guess that's how I would describe myself. Ladies and gentlemen, introducing Monga K. Everybody loves ever flowing like the lake. I can tell when you're lying. Hope you can see that I'm trying. Girl, you're my cookie with a lie. She says you might have found a time. Girl, you drive me insane Uber sending flowers on the way Till the end of time, you be my babe I wanna be with you Till the end of time Till the end of time I wanna be with you Till the end of time Of time, of time Fire jam right there what a dope, dope song, man. Podcast. Talk to us about your musical journey and your early days here in Botswana. What was that like for you? I started singing when I was six years old. Uh, back in Bots, I was just singing around the house, making noise. And then when I was nine, I entered my primary school's talent show. And that was the beginning of my burgeoning obsession with performing and, you know, pursuing a career in music. I entered my African dream when I was 12 years old, won it, and it was an amazing experience of just, you know, being out there and performing for so many people. My first ever large performance was my African dream, performing for over 600 people, and I was extremely nervous just with all the eyes on me, and um, I just wanted to be something and be someone and in that moment it felt so special and it's a moment that I will always hold special in my heart. Um, from there I was doing a lot of shows in in Gabs, curating my own shows, it might be song, um, with my friends, with my family. I started recording music in studio when I was 14, I think, I think I was third. No, I started recording from a young age because my dad had a, you know, studio and then I, I branched out into meeting other individuals outside of uh, my dad's circle and started learning about recording Podcast. and started songwriting when I was 14 years old. So it was a lot of interesting experiences that helped shape my journey and it also was a tumultuous time in figuring out my future and in that doing all the shows and being so ambitious as I was as a kid I didn't take school very seriously and I was failing <laughs> dismally and my parents um, told me listen you're going to have to take a break from this not do it as much as you are doing now and focus on school finish form five and then you can go back to it and by the time I finished form five I had lost the passion to do music anymore um, also because I think a lot of people at the time just saw me as a singer and nothing more and that came from you know friends relatives from my teachers from people that I was around I was nothing more than just this boy that could sing well and I wanted to prove that I had more potential than that that I was more dimensional than that and I quit I made the very dramatic decision to quit music and I decided I just wanted to move to Joburg and just focus on my studies and be it at that and I moved to Joburg in 2015 um, just to study I wasn't writing music I wasn't singing I wasn't performing I just wanted to be rid of that life um, just because I, I, I didn't feel my heart my heart wasn't in it anymore 
Um, but I started working music festivals when I was at Joburg and working, you know, backstage managing for artists and picking them up from um, the entrance and taking them to their dressing rooms and to uh, to the backstage, to uh, media, the, to the stage. And it was such an exciting, exhilarating, exhilarating experience. And they were just so kind and just working behind the scenes of helping something as huge as a festival come to life was so exciting for me and I wanted to experience that for myself from an artist's perspective and I decided to get back into music after two years of not doing it and worked on my first EP and it released that and you know started doing shows and Joe Rogan it it was a really I think I think the break or the dramatic <laughs> end as to what I would call it was necessary for me to recalibrate yeah. um, a lot of what I had experienced oh. back in Gabs, which was mostly beautiful, but I think being so young and being so determined mm. and you know doing so much without proper guidance would have ruined me. And I'm very thankful for my parents for putting the brakes on on my music career. Just, just so that I could, yeah. you know, grow up a little. Trying to stay steady, cause I was moving too fast. Scared of the future, I was hurt by the past. Made a bet to figure out what to do. Told myself, what have I got? You're still hanging out with me, Monka K, on the EBW podcast. Oddcast. Really appreciate the honesty. I and I think it leads us right into the next question where I I I wanna know, like I've listened to some of your projects and I wonder how significant or important your first two projects being free and wild solace were in your career. Free and Wild Solace were significant in my career because they allowed me to be vulnerable as I could have been at um, the time that I wrote those projects. I wrote Free when I was 18 and I wrote Wild Solace when I was 20 years old and I guess I was fairly young and I was still trying to figure out how to create music that best encapsulated my 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 values, my being, you know, my my goals and my dreams and everything, and they were so. I'm, I'm firstly, I'm so privileged to have been able to create those records and in, in the space and with the people that I was able to create them with, because they were so unexpected. Like I knew I wanted to create music, but I didn't know how to Podcast. do that. You know, without money, without financing, without. You know, big names without a label and, and everything and, and you know with those two projects things just fell into place so organically it was just a wonderful experience to be able to work on a, on projects that you know detailed my experiences at the time and they allowed me to figure out my sound and figure out the direction that I wanted to go in for my career in music and for and note to growth and 
I'm really thankful because without those two records, I know yeah. growth wouldn't have been born, the concept of it wouldn't have been um, created. I wouldn't have figured out the kind of artist that I wanted to be. And it was just a really, really, uh, a really beautiful experience that I will never, ever take for granted. Yep. Have to admit, I brought those up because some of my favorite music that you've made came from from that space um, and listening to you talk right now makes so much sense how you got into some of the music and I want to thank you for being the artist that came to those projects and expressed yourself in the way that you did now your sound I, I personally feel it has evolved Podcast. over the years. And I just wanted to peek into your your mind and find out how you would describe this evolution, this journey. I think the evolution was necessary because I if you if you listen to um, the first two projects, I would I wouldn't I wouldn't say anything was bad, but you could hear that the sound was all over the place um, with Wild Solace. And I called it that specifically Wild Solace because it was such a mixture of chaos and 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 solitude. And I it, it's just the sound of a of a young Gen Z trying to figure out his place in life and that emulated itself in the music. So I was trying to navigate how I wanted to um, best express myself and you know the gap between Wild Solace and the Notes of Growth is, is two years and in those two years I was really trying to hone my sound and I was exploring even more genres before we got to you know the alternative R&B take that we I feel have made cohesive in this project I was exploring electronic music and, and dance music and we had we had about 10 demos in the beginning and they just did not sound yeah. like me and we had to scrap all of that and start from the beginning and I took the approach that I went with in free and I just wanted to make yeah. music that was vulnerable and and subtle and, and but still strong take the elements yeah. from Watts Allis that were strong and heavy and high production and find a way to merge the two and I think I believe that I have you did, you did. solidified my sound and and, and my artistry as well and 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 as i think as well regardless of the fact that you know you would dub and know to growth an r&b soul project it's so much yeah. more than that and i am so much more than that and i like to live in different worlds of of music and just yeah. do whatever i want really and you know it's it, at the heart of everything that i do is it's it's soul music it's jazz music as well and i love to take a different approach to how, how I create things but with with a note to growth I wanted to have this grit that I developed over performing at festivals and tours and shows and everything and I I believe that we have um, yeah it, it was a team effort it was it wasn't just me I worked yeah. with a lot of collaborators that helped me define what I wanted to say and how I wanted to say it and I, I really owe it to collaboration to have allowed me to evolve as an artist.
Outcast. You're currently listening to the EBW Outcast with Manga K. It's never easy being the artist that brings that much vulnerability to a project and brings so much of themselves to a project. What I really admire about you is how you bring the very same honesty that we find on track um, and you, you you carry your voice across. And you're, you're someone that comments a lot on societal issues. How important is this to you as a person? Can What do you think creatives and musicians can do to help or come to the aid of those in need? I am super passionate about social justice issues. I studied that in varsity and I've always been passionate about advocating for minorities, for anyone that's marginalized, for anyone that faces indignation from anybody else. I've always been very passionate about that and I've always been vocal about mixing that with my um, career in music. The two go hand in hand. There's no way I can be myself Manga K, the artist, and not Manga K, the social justice activist, you know. I think that they just, they work together, and that's the kind of person that I am. And I believe that as musicians, as artists, as, you know, creatives, it's important to be the voice of those that aren't able to speak their truth and and live their truth i think it's very important to use the platforms that we have whether big or small there are people that are listening Mm. to us there are people that are following us there are people that are putting their focus on us because they are attracted Mm. to the things that we put out and i feel that it is my duty to be able to advocate for those that i feel deserve the right to be who they are and the right to safety and the right to freedom um I'm, yeah. I'm inspired by a lot of, of a lot of activists in the music world, in the polit- uh, in the in the political world, and um, yeah, it's just it's, it's 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 very easy for me to just say that it's it's an it should be an inherent thing for individuals in the creative and music industry to to do. It's super important, especially at this point in time where the world is shifting and. Um, beliefs and perceptions are being you know scrutinized and the understandings that we were once used to are being broken down and the systems are being dismantled the systems that have plagiarized the the systems that have plagued um society for so long are being broken down and it's super important as an artist to be a part of that movement we don't have to spearhead it all the time but we need to be able to speak out and be the change that we want to see i guess if i want to give that cheesy um but very very accurate quote inspirational um podcast yeah you know if if you're listening and if you've been wondering about whether you need to ask for permission to voice yours about the ills and some of the things that are really not right in society then take a leaf from monga's page and and just be i think i think that's the the the, the biggest lesson that I've just taken away 
from that. Talk to us about the period before you worked on your latest project. How did how would you say that contributed to the music you ended up with in your latest offering? Because this project is quite special. I'm So as I said, I spent two years working on An Ode to Growth Part 1, and in those two years I was just navigating myself as a performer. I was doing so many shows in 2018 that I didn't even get a chance to just like breathe and you know take it all in, though I'm grateful, very, very grateful for those experiences. Um, it was quite exhausting and 2019 yeah. I just decided I wanted to spend more time in studio and take a break from shows and just mm. hone whatever yeah. sound I was figuring out at the time and it was a very beautiful beautiful experience because there there was an idea and a concept I knew that I wanted to call this project to know to growth before we even started writing songs for it mm. so it was very easy to navigate how I wanted the track listing to be how I wanted the songs to flow into one mm. another I think what was quite challenging was just learning to be patient with the process because mm. um, I guess I was learning to lose that anxiety and that um, mm. pressure that I put on myself in the earlier records just a self-imposed pressure because I'm, 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 I'm a perfectionist, I guess, and I love to be meticulous about my, my art. And I was learning from a lot of people that were involved to just be patient. I think that's yeah. the number one thing that I learned um, through that period was just how to just lose control and let things be and let things flow the way that they should flow. And it really worked in the sense where I was learning to just write without thinking and whatever came out I wouldn't overthink it I wouldn't you know double think it I would just let it flow let it come out vocally and Mm. 
leave that as that because it was just supposed to be an organic process. I wanted this album um, or this first part of the album to be a reintroduction to myself as as, as Manga K, as this artist at 23 years old, who after two projects, I have finally found my way to speak my truth and to visually show that as well through my emotion pictures and through my you know aesthetic through my live performances through collaborations i think i've been able to solidify that and i needed the two years to be able to to navigate and figure that out yeah 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 this is the ebw oddcast oddcast i have to say that resulted in a really special project an ode to growth part one (laughs) break down the music and the project to us so an ode to growth part one is the first part of an an album that is also called an ode to growth part two will come out next year um part one is a story about unrequited love and existentialism and friendship the 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 superficiality of social media and my disinterest in that and everything in between um but the root of it i guess it's 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 love and it's it's about how love or the lack of it um in the unrequited sense can allow us to grow and figure out what the pain what the heartbreak, what the joy, what the, the the celebratory happiness can form our lives and can form our beings into. Um, and so I wanted to tell these stories in this in the seven pieces of this puzzle that form part one. Um, I know I do was produced by Amo Beats, and I love that it's the first track because it is such a nostalgic song the, the the beat behind it is so nostalgic it reminded me of craig david and i wanted to kind of give this romantic well not romantic this this heartbreaking story about um telling someone how infatuated you are with them but you're you're uncertain if it is love you want it to be love but you're not sure if it should be and it's that uncertainty that you're not sure where it's gonna go but you're confessing all these you know feelings tumultuous feelings to this person and i i really really love how simple it is but there's certain moments in it that kind of get very aggressive and get very gritty and i just love that it's a first introduction to the r&b that shaped who i am as an artist today the second track um rock with me um, I'm going to detail that later, but moving on from that, that was, I mean, Rock With Me was produced by Keel Williams, who I've worked with since I was 14 years old. Third track is Heartbeat 8, and that was produced by Quentin Christian and Jordan Reed Campbell. Uh, Quentin was the recording engineer for this entire record, and we worked eight months in studio together. I met Quentin at a show I did a year before in Cape Town, and... He is such a well-known person in the in the UK music industry and has such a wide um, portfolio. And it was so it was an honor to be able to meet him and to be able to work at his studio, Mabadang Studios. And we formed such a beautiful brothership. And he was very critical about everything, just as I was critical. So it was such a collaborative project. Um, 
besides um, the, the, the recording aspect of it. But with Heartbeat 8, he sent me a couple of demos before we got into studio. And the one that, you know, that caught my eye was this beat called Heartbeat 8. And I really love it when producers add their titles to the beats because it gives, it leaves a part of them on it. And I didn't want to change it. And I just really loved how organic it was because he recorded it with the, a few musicians in the UK and London and I didn't want to lose that I wanted to feel that energy and when we had a, a session in studio the words just came flowing and the melodies just kept flowing and it was such a beautiful experience to just sing about you know what I was singing about I guess um, and I just really love that there's two parts to the song one part that's just something that you can slow dance with your partner and the second part that you can just pop lock and drop it and I just I really love that we were able to put two worlds of music in one song and two 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 fives in one song I guess but they still meet in the middle track four steady was um, produced by Akil again and it is a song for misfits for anyone that has ever felt misunderstood for any, anyone that's ever felt that they are inferior and don't have a place in this world it's a song for misfits like me to know that we can we can keep each other steady throughout those moments of heartache and pain and suffering and struggle and we can guide each other to a world of happiness and, and magic and beauty track five is an interlude called the war of the social flowers done by my best friend and soulmates and Dean joya um she's a very very exaggerative person which i am as well and that was a voice note she sent to me in september i mean sorry not september that was a voice note she sent to me in january of this year and she we were, I don't know what we were talking about. I just remember that voice note making me holler so much. Podcast. And um, I, I wanted to put her in this project. The next song is Dean's Interlude, which is named after her. When she came down to Joburg and we, you know, were hanging out, she, I brought her to studio and she was listening to the demos. And one of the songs that, well, the song that she loved the most from what I showed her was this interlude piece. And we had just called it interlude. But, you know, during the track listing, I, when, I, want, I just remembered how happy she felt listening to that. And she kept repeating one of the lines that was in the, in the song. And I was like, you know what, I'm just going to name the song after her um, and, you know, immortalize this beautiful relationship that we have together in the song not that it's about her but just because she felt happy and i felt happy that she was happy and i wanted to keep that in the song a part of the song but the the, the song in itself is a complete opposite of that um reason because it's just about um it's about a bunch of things just about how a lot of people are quite superficial and obsessed with social media and I'm kind of disinterested in that and I just and also just like you know the music industry and how tough it can be and how demotivate demotivating it is to you know find your place in this industry that tries to turn you into somebody else so it's a bunch of uh, of those themes and then the last track Fool's Gold was produced by Amo Beats and Flex the Ninja and it is it was the last track that was recorded for the record when I was down in Gabs for two days in December we met up for a studio session and we only had four hours because I had to leave for Joburg the next day so we went in not knowing what we were going to do and as soon as we got into because it was the first time as well that we had met um well officially it was I'd met Flex before 
on a couple occasions uh, on a couple of occasions but we never um like spoke about music i knew of him but i didn't you know know um that much about him until um we worked on a song called time with uh my little sister manje um earlier last year in in, in gaps as well amo i had never met but we had spoken um via instagram quite a bit and december was the first time that i had met him and the three of us just were in studio and it was such an organic session some it was it was such a beautiful experience there was so much synergy flex went on i made this vocal loop that is in the beginning of the song and flex made a beat around that and then i started writing and then amo came and did his thing and then they were doing their thing and then i was you know singing wrote the song in like 15 minutes and it was such an exhilarating i was so excited it was such an exhilarating experience to be able to just make something so funky and soulful and do it with people that I had never really collaborated with before and never had a physical session with and I just enjoyed that it was it up to date it's the most fun song I've ever made in my career and I owe that to them and their energy and their their love for music and their love for R&B um and their love for each other I could just see the brotherhood between the two of them they're just really really special talented guys that I I'm so excited to work with and so excited for their future in this industry because they're not to be messed with. They're incredibly talented and I'm so glad that we got to put Fool's Gold a part of this first project. Um, so yeah, a lot of work went into it. A lot of work went into the behind the scenes of, you know, the funding of making the music video. Um, of strategizing releases with um, my label, with with um, my manager, with just you know figuring out the best way to put it out. And I mean, a lot of a lot. And and by the time we had started releasing the singles, lockdown had happened, and the pandemic was just becoming a thing. But I knew it was time. I knew, regardless of a worldwide pandemic. It was my time to release this music, and I'm so glad that it's out there. Hey, this is Manga K, and you're listening to the EBW Podcast. I'm secretly holding your hand in public. No one was watching, but we only felt that it was special. It was us. Are you gonna get your act together or keep your demons treasured? Please help me, help me, help me. with me is such a special song how did you and julia price go about co-writing that that piece thank you um i love rock with me and i love the memories behind it um juliet is one of my best friends and i have known her for about 
two years now, but we had never, you know, sung together or written together before. So I had invited her to, you know, the earlier studio sessions last year, and Akil was down as well, so we were just working on Rock With Me and a bunch of other songs. And she was in studio, she, I called her in to just do backing vocals. And when, you know, Akil and I were in a, you know, in a room writing for Rock With Me or trying to write with, for Rock With Me, she came in and she started singing these beautiful melodies and she started contributing to the writing. And by the time we had, figure it out the chorus and you know she just wrote the second verse and it was supposed to be for me but I just found her to be so special in that moment and I just wanted her to sing it I, I just couldn't see the song being anything without Juliet being a part of it and we turned it into a duet it was so the song is it's 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 about asexuality and navigating through that um, the, the, through a lack of interest in intimacy. It's about someone telling another person that I, I'm into you, I, I want to hang out with you, but I don't want to be physical with you, and I hope we can just rock with one another. I hope we can just vibe with one another and keep it at that. Um, and that's what the vibe is. So the first, you know, my section is about this vulnerability and, 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 and an unwillingness to connect on a physical level and Juliet's is no but I can protect you I can keep you safe and you know from there we just kind of go on a back and forth of one person being fearful and the other person being fearless and I just loved that we were able to tackle that together I don't think that the song would have been the way it is if it was just a solo song and Juliet has one of the best voices in the world in my opinion she's got one of my favorite voices ever and she's an, a phenomenal artist in her own right and I wanted to be able to give her a space to just do her thing and to show the hell off who she is and her vocals are just so crisp and so clear and so reminiscent of Ella Fitzgerald to me um, that I wanted to keep that a part of this project and keep her the only feature in this project because I wanted the full focus to be on this amazing, beautiful, and wonderful being. And Akil on the production as usual, beautiful keys, so nostalgic. I feel like this is like a, a 1940s song that meets 2020 and would still be played in both timelines. And I'm just so grateful that we were able to encapsulate that special, special day in studio when we wrote it in a song that I feel can be an anthem for when we're back into doing shows and just have a lot of people our age that relate to these different feelings and sing that along with us. You've been a busy man putting out so much work what does the future hold for you? I am really excited about my future. I have just graduated from my postgrad studies, so I am putting all my focus into music full time. I am planning on putting out so much more music, working on part two, working on more visuals. When the world is back together, I am so excited about touring, doing more shows, going abroad, um, and just finding more ways to put my name out there and finding more people to collaborate with. And I'm really excited about getting into writing for artists this year and seeing where that takes me as a songwriter and, 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 and just experiment more and get out of my comfort zone. 
what what writing and putting out an ode to growth has taught me is just lack of control really allows you to find yourself even more when you just allow the world to show you who you're meant to be in very different positive and negative ways you're able to learn how to be happy and i'm i'm really in a good space right now in a very creative space where i just want to be able to put parts of me out there and immortalize that in music in visual art and in speaking to people and in loving people and you know experiencing as much as i can experience so i'm just really really excited about where things are going to go from here monger thank you for taking the time to talk to us uh we really really appreciate it we can't thank you enough thank you for sharing thank you for the honesty thank you for the music and i i i really wish you all the best on your journey uh, we will be right here behind you supporting you all the way to the grammy stage and to you the avid podcast follower podcast listener podcast individual that just stumbled upon this here piece of recording <laughs> thank you for tuning in uh, we can't thank you enough it's um this the podcast podcast another one dropped it it's a rap i um i can't believe we're at episode 6 i can't believe we've had these many conversations um i'm so thankful for the moments that everybody that has taken part in these conversations has allowed us to 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 to, to shine uh, um not only on themselves um but has allowed EBW to be part of their voice as well and we really hope that wherever this is going not really sure where it's going to end up wherever this is going whatever this vehicle is it's something that at the end of the day adds value and with that i'm signing out we out thank you so much ebw podcast catch you on the next one until then be safe wear a mask social distance play some music and um Stream Monger's work on Apple Music. Peace, love, and happiness. One. On, 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 on,